0: Just before we start today's Stories of Our Times, a note of warning. You may find the content in this episode upsetting as issues including sexual violence and crimes against children are discussed.
1: Let's just bring you some more detail on the breaking news that we brought you a short while ago. A three-year-old British girl has gone missing while on a family holiday in Portugal.
0: Tonight, Madeleine's parents, Gerry and Kate, are still waiting desperately for news... And with every hour that passes, the questions only grow.
1: Words cannot describe the anguish and despair that we are feeling as the parents of our beautiful daughter, Madeline
0: brand new push this morning to
1: try to solve a mystery that's puzzled authorities for six years now. One of Britain's most senior police officers says his team are pursuing critical leads in the Madeleine McCann investigation. The new suspect in the Madeleine McCann case has been described as strange and intimidating by
0: people in the Portuguese village where he stayed around the time of the child's disappearance. It's reported the suspect is being named as Christian B, a 43-year-old man who's believed to have been in the same area of southern Portugal where three-year-old Madeleine went missing. You're listening to Stories of Our Times from the Times and the Sunday Times. I'm David Aronovich. Today, is there really, at long last, a breakthrough in the case of Madeleine McCann? It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax...
1: Before we had this later suspect, I think the Portuguese focused on Jerry and Kate McCann. I mean, there's no doubt about that.
0: That's David Collins. He's the northern correspondent at the Sunday Times, and he's followed the case of Madeleine McCann since the disappearance of the three-year-old from a holiday apartment in the Praia de Luz area of the Algarve in Portugal back in 2007.
1: Scotland Yard was involved initially. They had a small team, it's called a Gold Group, trying to help the, the Portuguese. But the British police at the time, they weren't really allowed in to the investigation. As time moved on, Scotland Yard got involved again with something called Operation Grange. So that started in 2011. Operation Grange was set up with funding from the Home Office and that really reviewed all of the Portuguese Investigation materials from the original investigation. So they started from scratch. Scotland Yard promised us a no stone unturned investigation into Madeline. Initially, they were going through all the basics really, sex offenders living on the Algarve through to sightings of one big lead was bogus charity collectors that were knocking on doors at the time when Madeline went missing in Pride of Lose. And They spent years, years chasing up every single lead. And by 2015, so they'd been working for two, three years by then, Scotland Yard, they had tracked down and ruled out, they said, 630 sex offenders. They had 30 experienced detectives at Scotland Yard at one point, uh, working on Operation Grange. I don't think Scotland Yard could ever be accused of a lack of effort and resource put into this case.
0: Theories multiplied. Possible sightings of Madeleine in Morocco made headlines suggesting abduction by travellers. Men regarded as misfits and living in or visiting the Pride of area became the subjects of tabloid speculation. Some people even believed the McCanns were responsible, but there were never any foundations for this. And in the absence of solid evidence concerning her fate... No-one has ever been charged over her disappearance. But now, earlier this month, police in Germany named Christian Bruckner, a 43-year-old convicted sex offender, as a prime suspect in the case.
1: When did the authorities first know about Christian Bruckner? So what we know at the moment is that the Portuguese say that he did pop up in the original investigation. So 2007-8, they did in some form know about him. What isn't clear and what's emerging is that Christian Bruckner by that stage did have offences against children. He'd been sentenced for them in Germany. So by the age of 18, he had offences for molesting a child, for exposing himself in front of a child, and there was another offence relating to a child. So he had that on his record in Germany. So what happened is, when he was 18, when that went through court, he he basically fled Germany because he got a two-year sentence in youth custody for that, and then he arrives in the Algarve and there he starts living and working as a kind of a waiter, doing odd jobs and various other sort of things. But it appears to be clear now that the original investigation, the Portuguese, did not interview him because they didn't—they knew his name, they knew he was living in Praia da Luz, but they did not know about those offences.
0: In 2013, six years after Madeleine's disappearance, a Crime Watch-style program dealing with her case was aired on German TV.
1: As a result of that, somebody who knew Christian Bruckner rang in to the police in Braunschweig, a city in northern Germany where Bruckner used to live, and said to the police, have you looked, basically, have you looked at Christian Bruckner in relation to Madeleine McCann? And from what I understand from the German police, it was no more than that. It was at that point, that the Germans then looked on their database. They found his criminal history, interest in children and his and his past crimes. And it was at that point that they informed Scotland Yard. We have a German national. We've had somebody call up and say, you know, this guy was living in Pride of Have you considered him as a suspect? And Scotland Yard received that report, basically.
0: Now, that's seven years ago. So what has happened to create this very recent
1: story about what it is that the German police think they know. So since they got that 2013 tip, the German police did some investigations into Bruckner, but nothing substantial. The Sunday Times or the Times have been on the ground prior to We know that Bruckner's neighbours and people in his life weren't interviewed at that stage. 2013 onwards, Grange know his name, but he's not a main suspect. The reason that it's all, this has all started again, is that in 2017, so four years later, another crime watch program ran in Germany. And once again, the police received a tip about Christian Bruckner. Now, this tip, we're told, was more substantial. And it was a friend of Christian Bruckner who came forward to say he had serious concerns about Bruckner Also, that he may have made some comments about Madeline, although that's what has been reported. We can't substantiate that. So at that point, after the Germans get the second tip-off, this is when he's made prime suspect, and the whole kind of British and German police machine gears up and really starts to dig into Christian Bruckner's life.
0: So who is Christian Bruckner? And what kind of an existence has he led?
1: He's a drifter. We're told that he was involved on and off in drugs. He's got convictions for drugs and drug trafficking. He has an interest in children from a young age. You know, molested a very young girl when he was a teenage boy. But going forward, so it was in 2005. This is what police didn't know at the time. So 2005, there was a rape of an elderly woman in in Pride of Luz. She was a 72-year-old woman. She was subjected to a a really horrific experience of a man basically breaking into a house, tied her up, beat her with a pole, videoed the entire thing. Much, much, much later, the police, basically, they had forensic material, which they ended up matching to Bruckner. It was a hair that was left at the house. So, post-2017... Bruckner was then convicted of this rape, and the reason why police really started to focus on him is because they had a man he's got sexually interested children. they know him prior to lose at the time when Madeline went missing. Police have always thought that it was an intruder who potentially could have gone into Madeline's flat and abducted her. And here we have a man who has gone into somebody's house and and raped them. And really, this is when the police have really started to focus on investigation. They're building up this picture. They've not only got him for, you know, being a paedophile, but he's also raped an elderly woman. And they're really starting to kind of focus in. But the, the clever thing that they managed to do is... At the time, they got cell phone data from May the 3rd, 2007, which is the day that Madeline went missing. And this cell phone data gave the police all the different calls that were being made on the day that Maddie disappeared. They basically identified a phone call that was made to a handset that belongs to Christian Bruckner, and that phone call was an hour before Madeline was last seen and the handset puts what police hope will put Bruckner in prior de lose the day that Madeline disappeared, which is crucial to, to the investigation because if they can put Bruckner in prior to lose on the day then that's starting to look like a case.
0: So, there are two elements there. The one element is that the phone call might place him in Prado de Luz at the time. And the other element is that somebody said something to somebody who was put to possibly to him an hour before the last time that Madeline was seen.
1: That's right. The phone call is important, obviously, because it, it could potentially put him at the scene of where Madeline disappeared. But what the German prosecutor has told me, and this is the reason in part why they haven't yet interviewed Christian Bruckner, is although they have his handset, his phone, placed in prior to the day Madeline went missing an hour before, they don't have him holding the phone, if that makes sense. So what they want to do is they want to speak to the person that made the phone call. Madeline was last seen at nine o'clock, Bruckner's phone takes a call at half seven and the conversation lasts for about half an hour. That is crucial because when Christian Bruckner is interviewed, an obvious point that his defence could make is, well, yeah, you've got his phone, but how do you know his girlfriend didn't have it at the time? It doesn't necessarily place him there, it places his phone there. And that's a big breakthrough that the, the German police are kind of inching towards.
0: It seems there are two interlocking questions the German police want to resolve. The first concerns getting confirmation that it was Bruckner himself who used his phone on that evening in the area close to where Madeleine disappeared. The second concerns who exactly made that call and why. Because there could be another twist in this case. Was somebody at the Ocean Club, where Kate and Jerry McCann were staying, helping Bruckner? in some
1: way. I've been to Braunschweig, so that's where I was last week, and I did a series of interviews with Hans Walters, who is the lead prosecutor for the Germans in the Madeleine Inquiry. And he's heading up a team of up to 100 detectives who work for uh, German Federal Police. So, you know, he's, he's really at the head of a huge effort now. And... What he told me, what they suspect, is that Christian Bruckner was not working alone when Madeleine was taken. So there's a few reasons why they possibly think that. Firstly, whoever's taken Madeleine, it was done very quietly and very cleverly. For the very fact, we still haven't found her. We haven't found the person who did it. And there wasn't a huge window of opportunity to take Madeline. The parents put the children to bed and then Kate and Jerry, very famously, went 100 yards. They walked around the, the pool and sat down at the tapas restaurant in the Ocean Club Resort in Pride of Luz. The family were there. They were joined by what is famously known as the Tapas Seven, so it was a collection of... Kind of friends and acquaintances who came together for this holiday with their own, some had their own children there, and what they did is they took turns to go and check on the kids. So they basically ran their own listening service. At the time, this was quite common. You go to the Algarve with your family, and hotels would actually offer a listening service where staff would go round and, and listen in the corridors to see if children were crying. And if they were, they'd come back to the, to the restaurant and tell, tell the family. It was quite a common thing. And the McCanns and the Tapas Seven were, were running their own kind of informal listening service. What they used to do every night, they block booked whilst they are on holiday uh, a certain table um, so that they could kind of have, you know, a line of sight across the pool to their apartment, and they could nip up and and kind of go and, and listen in to check on the kids. So what the McCanns, what particularly Kate McCann, has always suspected is that basically the restaurant had a book. If you worked at the Ocean Club, you could see quite clearly there was a book in the restaurant where it said the McCanns want this table because they're gonna be checking on their children intermittently as they have their meal. So anybody who has access to that information, to that book, would know that the apartment is unguarded. What the German police suspect is that an ex-employee, a worker, or somebody had access to that information. Not necessarily that book, but certainly they knew enough to know what the McCann's pattern of behavior was. That they'd go to the restaurant every night. Jerry and Kate would basically go round the pool. They'd go up to their apartment, slide the patio doors open, pop in, check on the kids and go back again. Anybody who, who knew that would know that this flat was unguarded. And the suspicion is that that phone call an hour before Madeline disappeared could have been a tip-off. Do they
0: actually have any evidence whatsoever that that is what happened?
1: This is their working theory. They've looked at Christian Bruckner's history and they know from a very young age he broke into houses and shops. When he got to the Algarve, I spoke to a family there a German family who knew him in the village of Faral, and he used to get drunk and boast about burgling apartments holiday apartments and houses it's commonly known to his friends on the Algarve that this is what he would do he would go into holiday apartments and nick what he could and sell what he found and spend it on drugs and the German police the BKA they're telling me they have more information on that they have identified a number of burglaries that he was involved in in Prior de Luz and Lagosh leading up to Madeleine's disappearance. So although it's circumstantial, it's starting now to look credible to the police. It's the only substantial thing really that we've ever had. We have never had Somebody who fits the profile, somebody who has sex offences against children, who has gone into uh, a house and raped an elderly woman, somebody who was burgling apartments at the time in the area, somebody whose phone is identified as being in Pri de Luz at the time, an hour before Madeleine disappeared. And I think the feeling is amongst a lot of journalists that they possibly do have the right person but they have not got enough evidence to charge him. And he's not cooperating? He's definitely not cooperating. It's interesting, the tactics that are being used by the German police and the prosecutor are that they have not yet issued an arrest warrant for him in relation to Madeleine's disappearance. He's currently in a prison in Kiel. He's serving a sentence for drug offences... And there is a sentence that will kick in for the rape of the elderly woman. That will keep him in jail for a number of years. But in relation to Madeline, they put out information into the public without naming him. So they did that earlier this month. They basically said... They want to identify these two phone numbers that relates to the call that we've just been discussing. So they gave a number which they thought for what they called the suspect's number who received the call and a second number. And they put out vehicle images of cars and a camper van belonging to the suspect saying that if you've seen these vehicles in and around the time of May 2007, if you know anything about it, ...do come forward... ...but they didn't name him, interestingly... Um, ...and partly that is because of German privacy law... ...they don't tend to name people... ...the media quickly found out who he was of maddie mccann have spoken out after german police reportedly declared that the missing toddler is dead yeah this is bizarre investigators say they informed the mccann family in a letter that she was murdered but they won't reveal how they know now a new statement this morning from kate and jerry mccann throws that into doubt
0: there have been some reports of german police saying they believe madeline is dead However, David says Chief Prosecutor Hans Walters has backtracked on that initial claim. Also, Kate and Jerry McCann say it's not true, as reported, that authorities in Germany have sent them a letter claiming Madeline is no longer alive. Even so, there is another very disturbing bit of evidence that German police have discussed.
1: One thing that they do have on Bruckner is that they found Christian Bruckner going into chat rooms with other paedophiles so in one of these conversations with another paedophile he is discussing kidnapping abducting abusing and then uh, killing a young girl so they have that and the language used in that is i mean it's horrific I mean, as a father, it is it, it, horrible to read that full conversation, and and genuinely, it, it it shows a man who is seriously, you know, has a huge interest in abusing and torturing children, and I think possibly that combines with that evidence, combines with whatever the. You know, they have a witness who's come forward who had a conversation with Bruckner in a bar. We don't know the full extent of that conversation of what Bruckner told that friend. I think there's a combination of evidence which has led the police to believe if this is our man, then it's more than likely that this is what happened to Madeline.
0: Right, pretty grim. What do we know about how the McCanns have reacted to this breakthrough?
1: So initially, the McCanns... The McCann's have always held out a hope that Madeleine is still alive. They've never ruled out her, you know, being alive somewhere in the world. And uh, Scotland Yard have always been very careful. In all the years they've investigated, they've described it as a missing persons inquiry. The Germans have, partly because their system, their system of investigation is different to ours. They call it a murder inquiry. I think they're excited by the breakthrough and getting some sort of resolution. However, I think in the past few days, I think there is a kind of, perhaps, some confusion that's opened up between the McCanns and the Germans because the McCanns don't know the full evidence of, of what the Germans have. The Germans haven't shared the entirety of it with Scotland Yard, is what we think. If they do have evidence that Madeleine is dead, the McCanns haven't been shown it. And this is what is kind of causing some slight rift at the moment. It's just a bit of diplomacy that's needed, I think. I think the McCanns need to, to go and sit down with the Germans and, and have a proper conversation.
0: David, what do you think is going to happen now?
1: Honestly, I think unless the right person brings in at the right time, I think they're really going to struggle to charge this man. I think that a lot of evidence, because it's so long ago, these crimes are difficult to solve at the time, you know, and you speak to any police officer, and what they'll say is there are three main bits of evidence that every police detective wants. They want forensics, or they want CCTV, or they want an eyewitness. And in this case, they have none of that. They need a bit more proof, but through his phone handset, they have reason to believe that he was in the area at the time. He's got form for it. Everything fits, but they need that key piece of information. If he was working with somebody, I know this from talking off the record to police officers, if he was working with an Ocean Club employee, it is entirely possible that that person had no clue that Christian Bruckner was going to go in and take Madeleine. That person might have thought that he was going in to take a laptop, cash, mobile phones, whatever was lying around, and had no idea of what he was capable of. That person will be scared you know, there's no doubt about it. He won't want to be involved in a major investigation like this. But police are telling me that if that person comes forward, it could solve the case. And it's just that person has to find the courage to do that because Kate and Jerry have been through enough.
0: That person would have to say... Yeah, in 2007, I was the person who tipped off the guy who probably murdered this young girl,
1: and I haven't said anything about it for 13 years. Forgive me. That's the difficulty that the police face. I I know that the strong line of inquiry is that that Bruckner had some help in accessing that apartment and and going in at that specific window of time when, when the parents weren't there. So I think what they have to do tactically is say to that person, look, you're not going to be charged, you'll be protected. In short, we've got bigger fish to fry. We want to solve this case. Yes, you haven't come forward with this information for, for a long period of time. I think the bigger picture here is, is solving, really, Madeleine's disappearance. It's finding Madeleine's body. It's getting closure for the parents. It's difficult for the police because that person has a lot to think about, but, you know, speaking to people off the record, the police aren't interested in going after somebody who's who's going to come forward and help them.
0: Christian Bruckner has been linked to at least four unsolved child disappearances around Europe. He's currently serving a 21-month jail sentence in Kiel in northern Germany for a drug offence. He has not been charged with the abduction of Madeleine McCann. You've been listening to Stories of Our Times. David Collins was my guest. He hails from the Sunday Times as their northern correspondent. The producer on today's episode was Will Rowe. And we have a special week planned for you next week. It's a Times Radio takeover with episodes from John Pienaar, Asma Mir, Jenny Kleeman, Luke Jones and Stig Abel. Here's a preview of Stig talking about his search for friendship.
1: There's a very British thing, isn't there, which is we're constantly thinking about now because of the hospitality industry being closed mm. down, the idea of going to the pub and meeting friends. Yes, And I've never really had that, so maybe that's what makes me think... That's a, such an integral part of our collective identification of friendship, and I don't particularly have that, that maybe that makes me think I don't have any friends at all.
0: Well, no, equally, there are lots of people who who know a lot of people but don't want to get very close to them. And quite often when they have a partner, they're very satisfied with that. That's enough. If they have a family around, they don't need close relationships with other people, but they like being sociable, as your wife said. You, you like it when her friends come around. The executive producer is Leo Hornack and the deputy executive producer is Poppy Damon. Sound design was by Carla Patella, music by Breakmaster Cylinder. And if you like what you heard, please leave us a review. You can subscribe now to never miss an episode. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Acast and more.